Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. What are you doing? It's every show, for almost like 400 and some shows, I've said go to hashtag basketball.com. Unless you're new here, which, like, shout out to you. Welcome to the podcast. Go check out hashtag basketball.com. It's, like, super useful. And all their premium stuff is actually a lot of... It's incredibly cheap and easy to use over at hashtag basketball.com. I am your host, Mike Atron. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, how is the life in... I heard you are going to the NBA Paris game this week. Is this true? Can you uh, confirm or deny these rumors? I, uh, I'm not at liberty to talk about my international um, business. Um, I'm not at liberty at, to saying that I am meeting with French anarchists to start a revolution in America. I'm not at liberty to talk about uh, that I drink a lot of wine from france uh but i don't i don't think i'm gonna be at the game i got a lot of other stuff on my plate uh disappointing uh nets calves in paris tell me about it tell me about it it's very disappointing i'd like to be there uh 2 p.m on thursday so if you're in a daily league your lineup will lock at 2 p.m or at least those players will so uh something to be aware of also the only two games for the nets and the cavaliers this week so if you're in a weekly league, you should not play any Nets or Cavaliers. Even Donovan Mitchell, like, Mitchell goes for 50 in this Paris game. So I would even say that, I mean, with so many teams playing four games, I would even say you don't want him in your lineup. Yeah, you could get a 10-point dude and probably get more other stats, like more rebounds, more assists, more blocks, from that person than if you get just got, like, an absolutely wild... Uh, Donovan Mitchell or Mikel Bridges game or whatever, right? It's one game. And once again, I don't think, I think we had like two weeks of like almost with a regular kind of felt like a normal streaming week. Once again, we do not have a normal streaming week. Next week is uh, on Monday is Martin Luther King Day. And there are 11 games on that Monday. So it's going to be two more weeks of kind of figuring out how to best manage the fact that these games are all weirded out. And you're right. Like one game you got it. Like you have to like stream extra this week. If you have anyone on the nets uh, or anyone on the Cavs, though, if you have somebody on the Cavs, chances are they're injured anyway at this point. Uh, so not too much of an effort that you, you weren't expecting this week from that. But Wednesday, Friday, 10, 10 games, 10 games. Those are your, your big, huge, I guess, uh, days of the week. So this is week 12. Like next week, you were saying this uh, before the podcast, Tyler. Next week, these teams are going to be playing their like 41st game. This, this season is half over somehow. 
Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's kind of snuck up on us. There's been a lot of craziness with the schedule and a lot of tweaks with the whole uh, in-season tournament. And so we are finally at a stretch now where everyone is playing. We know who everyone's playing the rest of the way. Um, we know that the All-Star break will be here in like a month, right? Or the trade down will be here in like a month and the All-Star break will yeah. be here in like six weeks. Like uh, the season is quickly winding down and your playoffs are right around the corner like depending on when you have your playoffs there are at maximum 24 weeks in this season and this is week 12 yeah you're coming like it's coming for you this is crunch time right this second so if you haven't made and we've been, that's why in the last like i would say two to three weeks on this show we've been talking about uh moves you can make rest of season uh building your team for the playoffs uh, maneuvering your team to uh get into the playoffs. That's why we've been talking about this because right now this is crunch time. If you're not doing that right now and you're not looking like you're making the playoffs, I had to bring it to you. You're not going to make the playoffs. Um, and if, if you are in the playoffs, if you, if you're pretty certain you're in the playoffs right now, you shouldn't just rest on your laurels. You shouldn't just expect that. Hey, I, I made the playoffs. I'm doing pretty well. I'm like the first or second best uh, team in this league. Playoffs are a whole different ball game. The season starts getting weird. It gets uh, we come into silly season as as we like to call it, where all these different players come out of the woodwork. Uh, other dudes start resting, and we were talking about this as well. Like, I don't think I've watched one Clippers game, and they're they're like the fourth seed in the West. Like they're staying somehow, they're staying healthy. Uh, this is a it's just a weird season, which I'm enjoying, but it's still it's it's a very weird season overall and uh i i think the um, it's going to be a weird uh like last third of the season is almost kind of like in the back like when these teams you knew they were kind of like who was going to be in the playoffs i don't we don't even know who's going to be in the plans we don't know who's going to be in the playoffs these the parody in, in both the east and the west is wide open there's gonna be a lot of teams playing for real in that last third which sometimes you don't get well, here's the craziest thing. Uh, one of the teams that most people believe is the uh, one of the biggest sellers of the deadline, your Chicago Bulls, Michael, are currently 10th in the East. They would be in the play-in tournament and may trade away half their roster before the deadline. Yeah, and if they do, they still might make the play-in tournament somehow. Like, that's, yeah. that's how wild the East is. In the West, the Jazz are talked about as, oh, maybe trying to trade Laurie Markkinen and maybe selling off pieces. They're one game out of 10th. And so that's what the play-in tournament has done, right? It has created uh, an avenue for teams that are struggling during the regular season to still have a chance to make the playoffs. And that obviously has changed a lot. It's changed the trade deadline. It's changed who's buying, who's selling. It's changed your fantasy league because some of these teams actually go for it down the stretch. Like, would it shock you if Utah was like, hey, you know, we need some of these young guys to get a little experience. Let's try to make the play in in 10th. And then even if we don't make the actual playoffs, at least they've got a few big games to experience. Wouldn't shock me. Yeah, like, what's the harm? And, like, you know, I, I see, like, the idea of maybe, like, if you're Utah being like, hey, this team isn't it. Let's get even more assets, let's tank even harder. They don't necessarily need to... It's, it's not a foregone conclusion. Because even a couple playoff games at, in that atmosphere is valuable 
and their team like still has some like pretty good players. And just be it's it's it means that we're not gonna see dudes on these on these teams like well straight up the L.A. Lakers, um, the Houston Rockets, the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns. Those are people who are in the play-in. The Nets, the Hawks, the Bulls, the teams vying for the play-in. We're not gonna see them just like bring out the third string to start three games in March. They're going to be playing real games in real minutes. Unlike you could see Cade Cunningham possibly sitting the last month of the season. Uh, You could see Wimby possibly sitting the last month of the season. Like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with those guys. But those teams, uh, the Spurs and Pistons have collectively seven wins. Nope, eight wins. Sorry, there was a, I forgot Detroit won the game the other day. Eight wins. Like eight. They have eight wins total. There is no reason to risk their young talent with an injury at the end of the season, which means like random Joe Schmo from the G League is probably going to be playing standard league minutes sometime in March. Yeah, for sure. Um, And it'll be interesting to see uh, how the resting, you know, policy. I mean, the Nets just got fined for it for, you know, resting their entire starting lineup the other day. Like, interesting to see if that plays a factor in that stretch run too of like, Teams like the Jazz aren't going to be able to just like sit all their guys because they're close enough in the play-in to like actually make the play-in. So they're going to get fined every game if they try to do it. Oh, certainly. Yeah, they're definitely going to get fined. And I think like if you're um, like the Spurs and you're Pop, and you go, you want to find me for not like putting one of the best young talents to maybe ever enter the league uh, in a resting uh, holding period. Uh, period. You want to find our team. Go right ahead. We do not care. We'll pay all the fines. His ACLs are worth more than your fines. Like that could happen. Like, like you're saying, like the Utah Jazz, they don't really have that incentive, right? Like, so I know there's a lot of arguments for ending your league early. And I do agree that maybe your league should not go into April. But I feel like a lot of advice out there is to like have your playoffs start in february like early february i've even seen and i just think that is too soon that is not enough basketball and not enough um just not enough matchups to kind of build a uh, to build a league around quite frankly and i think that the reason a lot of leagues said start your playoffs early is because of the, the the that silly season that used to exist when the league was almost certainly going to have Steph Curry and LeBron James in the finals. Yes, uh, the the ultimate uh, Warriors and the uh, Miami uh, Big Three Heat are going to be in the in the finals. So let's sit all over players. Let's do stupid shit. Let's just uh, do whatever we want. Now there are incentives like the plan, like these fines that maybe some teams in smaller markets don't want to pay to play these players. And I think you should actually extend your league, like as a Roto player who plays until the last game of the season. I think if you're in a head to head league, it's probably a little late to say it now because your league is set up. But I think that that desire to end your league early. So you don't have to deal with people sitting. I don't think that's going to be as prominent this season and moving forward with the parody 
uh, in the league. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, too, that we will see um, potentially if teams are getting fined this year, we'll see even some more strict fines in the future if that's the way they want to go about it, right? Like, if you want teams to play it out, incentivize them to play it out, right? And if that is, you know, uh, a fine of, you know, if you don't play it out, we're going to fine you a million dollars a game, that might be what it takes. I think they will figure it out because I think the league does obviously want revenue. So we will uh, we will see. But going into uh, week 12 and looking at week 13, because I think you at this point with all these silly weeks, you have to look to the week ahead almost every single week. This week, you should be maximizing your streams, um, especially with the net. Like we've already said, the Nets and the, uh, the Cavs playing one game in Paris. Uh, but that's not all. Like the Sixers are only playing two games. They're only playing Wednesday and Friday on the most popular uh, days of the week. While flip it around, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are playing four games. And I think that's like one of the teams to focus on because they're playing Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. But they also play Monday and Tuesday of next week. It's crazy. Uh, we're going to see one game from the Nets, maybe two games from the Nets. and We're going to get six games from the Thunder. So. Uh, that's that's the schedule. Thanks, NBA. Yeah, the Thunder are actually also in an interesting spot, too, because they play the Wizards, they play Portland, and then they have a back-to-back in L.A. against the Lakers Clippers. They also play the Heat and the uh, Magic during that stretch. But, like, there are two games right there that could be, like, big-time blowouts to let their guys get some rest. Plus, they have all young players. So you would think that, Pretty much all of their young guys are going to play over that six-game stretch. And you could really get some good value from a lot of different players if you just, you know, add some OKC guys to your roster over the next couple weeks. Yeah, one one guy on their team specifically that I probably picked up and dropped of 13 every single week, maybe almost, um, or uh, if he's available, which he often is. I cannot wrap my head around Lou Dort. Lou Dort's like performances like infuriate me because it's just like sometimes he has insanely amazing game and then sometimes he has like four points. I mean, sometimes he has three steals and then sometimes he has zero. His his inconsistency is absolutely wild. But over the last few weeks, he has played. Um, his minutes have gone up a little bit. That consistency has not right. So it is a crapshoot every time I pick him up, but I swear I pick him up every time he has a bad game. Uh, I don't think I've ever picked him up when he's had a good game, but maybe, maybe I, on statistics I probably have had to have. But like, rest of the season, it, Lou Dort's like, position on this team isn't going anywhere. And I would consider him a, a standard league player for sure, but like his value is in those block steal uh kind of like stats versus like he's he's averaging 11 points a game this season right and a lot of people hate that but like he's a top 100 player on averages if you're including an, in a nine cat league um because he doesn't turn the ball over like at all yeah and even in eight cat he's 130 so it's like it's not like he's not a standard league player like most rosters even a 10 team league if it's 13 roster spots that would be the 130th ranked player would be the last one 
Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people overlook players like Lou Dort because they don't do... They're a waiver wire player that doesn't do anything, but kind of does everything average or slightly above average, like with steals and blocks from that position, right? Where it's like Colin Sexton is like, well, Colin Sexton scores, so I'll get a bunch of points. It's like, well, that's, that's all you that's all you're going to get from, uh, from Colin Sexton. Sure, and I mean, it just becomes like a law of averages type thing, right? Like, okay, you're saying, yeah, he's going to get you two points one game and 20 points the other game, but that's still 11, you know, 10, 11 points a game. And at the same time, like, if you get 11 points over six games, that's 66 points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, we were just we were just talking about this. Uh, Lou Dort or Donovan Mitchell this week? Well, I was like Lou Dort. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, like Mitchell, even if he has a real, like a real good game, goes for forty-five and five. Dort's gonna go this week for forty-four, uh, sixteen, and seven. Yeah. With but, four uh, steals I, 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 and not quite four blocks, three blocks. It's it's players like that that just live on the waiver wire that like end up winning you a week it's like you're not paying attention and all of a sudden you have five to six extra steals and then you end up winning steals it's like oh i i won a whole category because i just played this guy four games who averages a steal a game but he had a couple good games like cool fantastic yeah for sure for sure the, the next team i'm looking at here uh potentially as a good team, though, and I don't know how I feel. Let's, I mean, I'll, let's talk about. We haven't talked about this team hardly at all, right? Let's talk about the Trailblazers because uh, the Trailblazers. It's been a really bad, obviously, season for them. Scoot has not been as good as anyone thought he would be. It's, it's actually been a pretty poor season from him. There's been a lot of injuries. De- DeAndre Aiden is out with a giant question mark of when he'll even be back. Um, I haven't seen like really any timelines at all for um, DeAndre Ayton. And then they still have these players like Jeremy Grant, but Jeremy Grant doesn't play starters minutes anymore. And they have like, like fun kind of like score dudes like Simmons and Sharp, but like their game isn't like, I don't know, their game isn't just like fantasy relevant. They have four games this week. Is there anyone on this team that you're like looking to potentially stream or um, or pick up for the rest of the season? Because like I, uh, Scoot Henderson's on some waiver wires in some of the leagues I'm in. And I picked him up in one because I was like, all right, I something's got to click here. And it looks like something is clicking lately for Scoot. But for the rest of this team, I'm just kind of like, I don't I don't know if I even want to stream any of these guys. I would say for the Scoot thing, like, he's actually been better since he was injured and then came back from that injury. Like, uh, it's 19 games now. Over those 19 games, 13.8 points, 5.1 assists, 3.1 rebounds, only .6 steals. I mean, the percentages are so bad. But he's obviously playing better. I think he's going to continue to play better. Like, he's not the first rookie point guard we've seen struggle. And, like, some of those guys turned into James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Like, go back and look at their rookie seasons. They were not Harry great. Irving. Uh, Darius Garland was like 
Uh, I think there's like a crazy stat. If you look back at Darius Garland's rookie year, it's like one of the advanced metrics. He rated as like the worst. I'm not sure if it's the worst point guard or maybe even the worst player in the league. Yeah, I vaguely remember that because as a Chicago Bulls fan, you have Schadenfreude for any of the conference teams. And so I, I kind of vaguely remember being like, whoa, what a fucking bust that is. And it's still probably like would be the best point guard. Uh, it would be like the third or fourth best point guard in Bulls history if Darius Garland was on our team. So it's like, damn, that's uh, never mind. Uh, the reason, though, that some of these guys are not playing starters minutes is they cannot stop getting blown out. In the last seven games, the Blazers, uh, whether they've won and or lost, because they've won two of their last seven games, their score in the final score has been within 12 points one time. They beat the Spurs by six. Every other time, they've either lost or won by 13 or more points. So again, like in blowouts, guys aren't going to play huge minutes. And that's why Jeremy Grant's not playing as much as a lot of people want is they can't keep the score close enough to keep him in the game. Yeah. And like Anthony Simmons had a fantastic. Was it Simons or Simmons, Tyler? What do you think it is, Mike? Come on. He's been in the league for a while now. I don't pay any attention. Uh, You know what? I am guilty of uh, I'm guilty of just being lazy. Uh, That's you got it right this time. It's, it's it's Simons? Yes. That's what I thought. See, you know, I I gotta you know what? Convince my place of work and my family to let me watch more NBA basketball. So I pick up uh, the nuances of all the names in the NBA. I think that that would be a valuable thing for me. Simons is came in in basically December and like tore the place up and then proceeded to get injured again. Right. And it's like the injury thing worries me. 24 years old, uh, obviously young enough to come back from from some of these injuries. The average stats for the season obviously look really, really good, but it's like that's a really small sample size. It's uh, he's played 13 games this season. And played really, really well uh, for most of them is is like a is absolutely a true score. It's really solid assists. Like, do I trust that for the rest of this? Do you trust that for the rest of the season? And let's say he's able to stay healthy. Do you really trust that uh, Simons is a 24, three and a half, five assists, almost a steal guy? And even so, that's like, to me, not a top 50 player. I mean, do I trust he's at that level? I mean, someone's got to score for this team. Like, we, we've we talked about this, right? Like, every team in the league is scoring over 110 points a game, right? Except for, well, the Portland Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, but even still, like, the Blazers are scoring 108 points a night. Like, somebody's got to score for them. If DeAndre Ayton's not going to come back anytime soon, which you mentioned, like, Nobody seems to know about that. They say it's a knee injury and that he's out every game, but they never say when he might actually what play. Kind of a knee injury is it? It would be nice to know. So if he's going to miss every game, and you know what I mean? Like, they just don't have a lot of scoring on this team to begin with. And so, like, unless they're going to shut him down at some point, like, I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to score 20 to 25 points a game for the rest of the season. That's what I think is wild is like without a return for DeAndre, Robert Williams is, uh, you know, 
been out for the season all season long. Uh, I, do they have like really? Do they have anyone other than um, I believe uh, this guy named Reef who played twenty six minutes the other night? Uh, who, by the way, in twenty six minutes is kind of kind of nice for a, a stream. Is he's not their de facto center either? Like he, like it, it just. I don't know what they're doing, and I, 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 I think it's obvious they don't. They also don't know what they're doing. Oh, that's is they're just like not really sticking with consistent rotation. So it's been very hard to like say, oh, this person's going to be good or this person's going to be good. You know what I mean? Like they just kind of play whoever, whatever it seems. And if you're playing well, they play you a little bit extra. And if you're not playing great, they you know, are quick to kind of pull the trigger on you. Like even like guys like Malcolm Brogdon have played. Only played 21, 16, and 16 minutes the last three games. Like, yeah, they've gotten blown out, but like, yeah, I, I three, mean, at that point, weeks like, ago, he, like Malcolm Brogdon went off and then he's back to like playing 16 minutes a game. It's like, uh, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, and that's the problem is like, I mean, I get it. You're trying to lose as many games as possible because, you know, you want to be in that top. You know, three, four, whatever. Like the top three teams, three teams with three worst records get the same lottery odds for the number one pick. So, if you're the Pistons, there's no real reason to not try to win a few games here. I mean, like the third worst team has six losses, the fourth worst team has eight losses. So, like again, like you should just try to win a couple. But if you're the Blazers, like you could be looking at that going like, "Hey, the Wizards only have six wins. We have nine. If we just lose out, they're gonna win a couple." Get morale up a little bit in Detroit, for God's sakes. But yeah, like outside of Jeremy Grant, Scoot, and then um, uh, Simons, who is question mark healthy. I don't trust for the reasons we've already stated, the blowouts, the uh, really the, the question mark of who's healthy, when, where, how. I don't trust this rotation in Portland enough to be kind of like in the early season. I don't mind taking some chances, taking some risks on streamers, on players, etc. But here in the later part of the season, especially in this like kind of crunch time towards your playoffs, I need consistency over, um, I guess those big fluctuations of like Shane Sharp could go off tonight. Or I could have Lou Dort all week giving me 12 points every single night. I know I'm going to get a steal. I know I'm going to get a block. I know I'm going to get some good uh, rebound, like, you know, solid rebounds. While Shane Sharp might, like, play 14 minutes tonight and f- be a, play 33 minutes the next night and be an absolute dud. That that consistency is something I, I personally desire when I'm making a playoff run. Yeah, and I guess what you got to hope for, for, you know, if you own any of these Blazers is like, okay, they trade Brogdon, they trade Grant at the deadline, and they just go, okay, if you're young, who cares? We're not trying to win anyways. We're going to play Scoot. We're going to play Shaden Sharp. We're going to play Simons all together. You know, we're going to fill that out with uh, Reith and insert other young player here, and we're just going to run these guys all, you know, 32 minutes a game the rest of the season and just try to basically get our sea legs under us for next year. Will that actually happen? I don't know, but I mean that's the way I would be trying to run it because, let's face it, if you're playing Sharp, Henderson, and uh, yeah, went running in my head, Simons together, 
how many games are you really going to win? Like, those are three pretty small guards. There's small guards who kind of, like, they overlap in such a negative way for each other, in my opinion. Like, do you, I think, obviously, some of Scoot's woes at the beginning of the season were due to the fact that the NBA is at just a completely another level, another speed. Of course it is. Uh, do I think Scoot has incredible talent that he could be a, a legitimately an all-star in this league at some point in his career? Yes, I absolutely do. He's not going to be an all-star if he's playing with like two dudes who are kind of like dudes that look like him and do things like he does, but not as well. They're not like, it's just a team not built for someone who is as capable as Scoot Henderson the teams built around these three guards who don't really play basketball together. They just play their own, like an individualized game while Scoot has the ability to play, uh, I guess probably like a team variety of basketball. He's not involved. If you know, Shane Sharp's pounding the ball out, he's not involved, you know? So it's, I don't know, man. Like, I just can't trust that team moving forward whatsoever. With you there, they are a difficult team to figure out, and especially, like, who's even going to play on any given night. Yeah, no idea. Uh, a team that I think has figured it out is the number one team in the Western Conference, the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves, who have four games this week. Tuesday, Wednesday is the big day, Friday is a big day, but then you got um, Minnesota on Sunday as well. So you got that Tuesday, Sunday, which I think is a nice um, streaming, a potential streaming team. And their rotation is set. Like, obviously, everybody's, I would assume the top three dudes are owned. I've seen leagues where Mike Connolly is living on a waiver wire, and I'm like, why? Why is he living on a waiver wire? If I didn't have 17 guards already who are really... Well, that's probably why. There's a lot of good guards in the league. Um, I kind of should be on a team. As Reed lately has been, like, less, but he's still, like, standard league relevant. Jane McDaniels giving that steal and block a game. Like, I feel like Jane McDaniels is a great stream for this week. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, Minnesota is a team that we can trust their rotation, too, which is nice, right? Like... You're not going like who is playing tonight, right? The Timberwolves kind of have their top guys, and they're going to play their top guys every night a lot of minutes. Yes. Um, I are are you shocked that they're the number one team in the West right now? Because I am. Mm, am I shocked? I mean, yeah, I did not see them as the number one team in the West, but. You know, the fourth place Clippers are three games back. The fifth place Kings are four games back. Like, the standings are very surprising to me right now, but would it shock you if Denver is at the top of the standings in two weeks? Like, no. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this race shakes out, but, like, all these teams are right there. And, like, I mean, it was just a couple weeks ago, everyone was like, oh, you know, the Mavericks are back up there, right? They were fourth, and now they're all the way down to sixth, and they're tied with the Pelicans for seventh. Like, who's in that play-in and who is at the top of that conference is there's still a lot to be determined there. And obviously there's going to be a pretty good team that doesn't even make it. And two, if you want to count the Grizzlies, cause I don't think the Grizzlies are going to make it. They're five games back still. Like that's a, they're going to have to play at a ridiculous pace the rest of the way, just to make the playoff, like the, just to make the play in, which I don't really think they can do. 
Yeah, I don't think there is a chance. Like, I, I don't think the Grizzlies have a chance simply because you have two incredibly hungry veteran teams like the Lakers and the Warriors who are um, almost certainly going to do whatever they can to make the play in. Then you have a murderer's row of teams that are just well ahead of you filling one through seven. Like One through seven is five, uh, five games back the Pelicans. The Mavs are six. They're both five games back. The Suns are six and a half games back. The Rockets are seven games back. And then you got the Warriors and Lakers fighting for that last playoff spot. There is, I think, a very, very good chance that the Grizzlies are one of those teams that shut it down because you could just kind of say, like, hey, this this season was botched with uh, injuries and uh, John Morant's uh, incredible arsenal of weaponry, and we have to... Um, just try to get a good draft pick this season. And then look at us. We're like a, we got a good draft pick and like a top four team next season because of X, Y, and Z. Like, cool. All right, great. Fantastic. Like, I, I just don't think it's worth. If I'm the Grizzlies, it's not worth trying to make a playoff team. It's, it's not worth trying to make the playoffs at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. Even if you make the plan, are you good at like are you good enough to get out like out of the first round even without a like a tr- without a true center? No, but I mean, I guess you could add one before the deadline. Sure, and I think that's probably the decision that has to be made and will be made um, sometime before the deadline. I've been really impressed, I would say, by Desmond Bain's ability to. Uh, with John Morant back, like Desmond Bain is still like incredibly not just relevant, but like throwing up games with like 13 assists and like averaging, uh, you know, 20 over, you know, to close to 22 points a game. He's not 24, it's 22, but like, oh, well, but like his assists have not just gotten, uh, you know, have not stayed stagnant. They've gotten better. Yes, for sure. That to me is the most surprising thing. Um, it might be a little late to be like, "Hey, I'm going to go buy Desmond Bain." But like, I think Desmond Bain's just like that good of a player. I think he's here to. I don't think Desmond Bain's done growing, and I quite frankly think playing without John Morant was like the best thing for his development. It's an interesting thought. I'm not sure. I'm really, I really don't know. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, I think Desmond Bain is one of those players that, like, needs to experience that in some ways. And, like, sure, he didn't look great, like, as that, like, primary creator. But, like, his numbers to go up. And maybe that helps the Grizzlies going forward being like, okay, well, we got Ja. He's definitely our second guy, but he shouldn't really be the first. So we always need kind of a, a quality backup point guard behind Ja. Yeah, like someone who can actually run some offense and like if like if you were gonna tell me like maybe a couple seasons ago and shit like you know maybe even just last season um no last season was probably when we we started feeling it um that he had like a bradley beal type of progression if you remember bradley beal uh in his prime was a first round like literally a, a first round or top of the second round draft pick that feels like desmond bain's direction in his development at 25 years old with the way he kind of like improves each category steadily over time 
it's to me is like that's like the sign of like a dude who's never like who's not going to stop improving until he's in his prime. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, this might be a little premature to be talking about Desmond Bain's um, next season value. But I think he'll be like undervalued next season. I think he'll be undervalued like for a lot of seasons. Uh, there's always that one player who's like undervalued and we keep talking about him. We keep talking about him and then he finally gets valued and we're like, ah, he's a little overvalued. And then it's like. He kind of like just disappears off the planet. It's like, oh, he got injured. Now he's not good at all. That sucks. Talking about you, Chris Middleton. Uh, yeah, I think, too, um, in the same respect. Desmond Bain is one of those guys that's probably never going to be never going to get there just because the Grizzlies are a small market team. So like unless the Grizzlies like win the championship, Desmond Bain is never going to be properly valued. He's always going to be undervalued. Unless he does something real crazy or gets moved to another team, I just uh, it's not it's not in the cards for him to be, um, in, like a nationally known figure, which sucks because I think he's like incredibly good. Yeah, and I mean he has obviously had his like all star shot this year. If he would have just you know like really stepped up and helped the Glizzlies win some games, you know, before Anja was out, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I think I think if you could get Desmond Bain for like either like a, a fair trade or like a, a little bit undervalued trade, or you can like throw in an asset that you don't actually need for Desmond Bain. His rest of the season value to me is, is on point. Like, I, I don't think you're going to see a significant drop off. I think we've already like that drop off. You've already seen it, right? It's, it's a couple points. And I think, I think he'll be fine. Like I, I really do. I think he'll be as just as valuable as he is right now for the rest of the season. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, Absolutely. Don't know if any of these other teams are going to be making any crazy trades. Um, so I'm going to stay away from like what to do with like the Bulls or the Raptors or whatever if, if a trade gets made. Um, the Kings might be another team you want to. Well, you know, they're still like they're a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Um, you could take a look at the Kings, but like maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll keep this one short. There's one guy on the Kings that I, I, that's been frustrating me because I can't tell if I'm into him. Like it's like the, I don't know what that show is. Like MTV's next. Or it's like Keegan Murray just got out of the bus. Should I say next immediately or should I give him a shot? I was not expecting you to go to <laughs> next. That sh- that show has not been on for like a decade, has it? Uh, well, th- I'm showing my age, but like also that show is hilarious. Um, okay, a good question on Keegan Murray. I guess I was not, I was, I was thrown off by the, the next references, but yeah, I mean, Keegan Murray is, is kind of good, but also frustrating. And I think a little bit has to do with like, there's kind of some overlap there with him and Harrison Barnes, right? So like, yes. sometimes Harrison Barnes eats and sometimes Keegan Murray eats and, but I mean, Murray's still a top 100 player and there's been a lot of Harrison Barnes trade rumors. So if they trade Harrison Barnes... Did we see a little Keegan Murray breakout ish in the second half when he's actually playing that power forward role that he should be playing? And that's, I think, the key, right? Is like they obviously know Keegan Murray's better than Harrison Barnes. They're obviously paying Harrison Barnes a lot of money. And that's why, like, you know, Harrison Barnes is living on a lot of people's waiver wires right now. And every once in a while you go, why is Harrison Barnes on a waiver wire and then you like click and look at his last like eight games and you're like oh that's why because he's fucking 
hot garbage right now. He's not even scoring, which is like the one thing he's actually decent at. And like Keegan Murray's taking up those minutes, but he's not taking up. It feels like he's not taking up that role. If that makes any sense, it's like it. J- they need some sort of movement. Get Harrison Barnes out of there. To Harrison Barnes. By the way, Harrison Barnes goes somewhere he can like some bad team where he can cook. Like go pick up Harrison Barnes because then he's just going to be scoring like thirty points a game. But the rest of the season for Keegan Murray. I want to believe like I really do. I want to believe that we're looking at a guy who's in that plateau region who's going to be we're going to be talking about. At the end of the season, being like, yo, Keegan Murray had a stretch where he was like a top 50, top 40 player. He is, you know, what? How old is he? Like 22, 23. He's 23 years old. This guy is on a trajectory to be someone who you're looking at. Doing a lot of talk about next year, but like looking at him next year, I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing, right? His role always is going to be like a 13, 14 shot a game dude in Sacramento if that team stays the way it's fucking arranged. But like as you've seen with like Scotty Barnes and you've seen with uh guys like Evan Mobley, their talent demands that they get the ball more, even from their veterans. And right now I can't decide if I want to put Keegan Murray in a future Scotty Barnes category, or if I think Keegan Murray is legitimately Harrison Barnes with a mask on. Uh, That's fair. I'll read you some Keegan Murray stats for the last uh, 16 games. So 17 games ago, he came back from missing four straight games. Um, He only played 23 minutes in that first game, so I'll throw that out of there because that was probably just him ramping back up a little bit. Uh, Last 16 games, 18.1 points, 5.4 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.2 steals, shooting 50.7% from the field and 44.1% from three. 78.8% from the free throw line. Keegan Murray's been good over the last... Since basically the start of December, that is. I mean, it's December 4th to... Uh, G- January 7th, so more than a month. Like He's been really good. And so, I don't know, I just think there's something there, and if he's playing that role and kind of Harrison Barnes is out of there and they trade for... Now, the bad part is, like, one of the guys that are most rumored to trade for is Pascal Siakam. So, like, you bring in Pascal Siakam to play that role, yeah. and Keegan Murray's kind of out. But if they trade for, like, more of a guard-centric player or, like, a wing type, I think Keegan Murray could kind of break out a little bit. Um, Going down the stretch. He, yeah, he, he still feels like a wait and see for me. Um, I'm not going to go trading for him unless I'm getting him for scraps. Uh, if he's on a waiver wire, though, which I don't know why he would be. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me if you're in a standard league, but pick him up, obviously. The thing that I need to see from him, two things I need to see from him. One, I, I need the assist to go up. And I need to see you at the free throw line way more. Like way more. I hate that your person, like his percentage, is, um, is is eighty, right? Like, but I hate that it's under two free throws a game. I hate that. What the hell's going on here? Yeah, I mean, that's not good for someone taking thirteen field goal attempts a game. Let's put it that way. Yeah, call, call up Wayne Wade. Call up Dwayne Wade. It's, and get his ass 
in the gym with Keegan Murray, teaching him all the tricks of the trade, just like uh, Jimmy Butler learned from Dwayne Wade. Get Keegan Murray on that. I want to see Keegan on the on, on the line five times a game, and then you're then you're talking about a top fifty player easily. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a, a big leap to take. And I mean, a lot of it has to do with he's going to have to like you know kind of attack the basket a little bit more than he is doing right now, and we'll see if he can. One hundred percent. Are there any other teams uh, this week that you're, or any other players, Tyler, that you're kind of uh, either looking to stream or keeping an eye on for the rest of the season? Oh, that's a good question. There's a lot of players that I'm kind of you know got my my watch list built out on, um, but I'll ask you about uh, some fun some fun players to maybe trade for. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, young Devin Vassell. Do you want Devin Vassell's ranked over the last two weeks? I was just looking at him. Uh, he's like a top, I think he's like top four, like he's in like that 40-50 range, isn't he? The last, well, I don't know where he is for the season because I'm not looking at that anymore, but I'm looking at the last, at the two, last weeks. two weeks. In the last two the weeks. Last two weeks. The season is bad. It's not good. Yeah, but the last two weeks he's 19th per game value. Ooh, shit. That's way better than I thought. Yeah. Now, Devin Vassell scoring over 21 points a game in that stretch. He's averaging 3.8 assists, 2.5 steals, which, like, the steals, okay, they're, they're not sustainable, but he is a decent steals guy. Like, 1.1, 1.2 steals are going to be there for him. They need him to score. They clearly don't want Trey Jones to be their point guard, so they need someone to get some assists, and it looks like Vassell's kind of taking a step forward, you know, in that playmaking where he can get you. Like, he got 3.6 assists per game last year. Why can't he do that again? He gets you like five rebounds with it. Like he's interest, like quickly becoming a pretty interesting player, I think. And someone that you could probably get pretty cheap. Like if he's some leagues, I bet he might even be on waiver wires. And if he's not, like you could probably trade for him at a, a pretty big discount. Yeah, it's it's really gonna depend because like getting while the getting's good because he did have a thirty-four point uh, game a couple days ago. He's had a couple twenty-two point games with like good steals. So like. If you try to go now, potentially the owner's going to be like, hold up, I've been actually playing Devin Vassell. Um, I want you to pay more for him. But if he has like a couple fall-off games, which is going to be prone to happen because he is like 23 years old, that might be the time to strike, right? But we've been talking, and I don't know if this is you I was talking to, Tyler, or if this is somebody else, but we were, I was talking to somebody about if the Spurs rebuild, who's still on that team from today's team i don't know i don't know if i was having this conversation with you or somebody else but the one guy that i got that i was i i stood on that i said he should be on a team like a, a team built around wimby was devin vassal like i like jeremy sochan a lot actually and i still do even though he's like kind of fallen off and is not is in favor uh, with the team anymore but like um devin like devin vassal's like really good he just hasn't put it all together and he hasn't put it together on this team. I think you nailed it. And I would say, I think it was also, we're talking, we're talking about this. Cause I said, I think Vassal's the only guy on the team that should be on the team in five years. And for Sochan, like, okay, if you're going to make him a backup, that's fine. But like, he doesn't fit with Wimby. And I guess maybe you could say like, Oh, well, eventually he will. But like, he's not really a floor spacer. 
So, like, what's his role in the offense? Because he's he, they tried the point guard thing. That's not working. It just didn't work. I like that right. they tried so the like, point guard thing, but it didn't work. And so, you know, Wemby's going to be playing 30 to 35 minutes a game. So, like, even as a backup, like, they're going to have to share the floor some for so Chan to get 30 minutes a game. And so, I don't know, I just don't really love that fit. But Devin Vassell is great, and he's a great shooter. He's, you know, kind of proven he can score 18 points a game. He's scoring with really good efficiency this year. Like, he's really coming on, and you mentioned he's only 23, so, like, he's going to get a lot better, too, I think. Yeah, I also uh, I also like that, I think, for, in most leagues, you can play him as a guard and a forward. So, like, that's kind of, like, overlooked. Uh, and I know a lot of people play in leagues where you literally have every position. Uh, as like a very specific position, I highly suggest just going guards, forwards, centers. But like, that does matter. Like that position eligibility, surprisingly, does come in handy every once in a while when you're streaming players. And yeah, like the Spurs themselves. We, um, there's a. I really, I, I really was on Zach Collins, and I still am on Zach Collins. But preseason, I was really on Zach Collins. I really thought this was going to be um, a Zach Collins year. When Zach Collins plays starters minutes, and when Zach Collins uh, isn't, uh, uh, when Wimby is sitting and Zach Collins plays, like Zach Collins is actually a must start standard league player. He's incredible. Zach Collins and Wimby don't work together. And that for the unforeseeable future is, is, is just bad news for Zach Collins. I know he's injured, but even when he comes back from injury, like his minutes have deteriorated um, over, you know, over the course of the season as almost like a guaranteed starter to like 20 some minutes a game. Now, in 20 minutes a game, he's still getting like a 12 and six with a block and a half a steal. Like that's why fantasy wise, Zach Collins is wild good. But once again, the only the most important stat is minutes per game and playing. He, he doesn't play with Wimby like him and Wimby just don't coexist together um and i think if you know if that's what pop thinks then uh who am i to say that he's wrong yeah you know it and i mean i think we've seen over the last couple weeks that Wemby's position is center he's going to be a center for the rest of his career and they might experiment with some stuff at different points but like when the games matter most and if the spurs are going to be a contender like Wemby's going to be their their five and so what does that mean for Zach Collins moving forward? Is he the backup center? Is he on a different team? Like, I don't know the answers to those questions, but yeah, I would not be relying on Zach Collins in fantasy at any point for the rest of the season. No, 0%. I've, I've definitely dropped him in all the leagues that I picked him up, except for my deepest and or keeper leagues, because like I said, with the minutes on the right team, Zach Collins becomes an absolutely excellent, Stanley player, but uh, that that ain't happening for the rest of this particular season. Yeah, unless he gets traded at the deadline, which I mean, the Spurs have a ton of assets, and the Spurs potentially yeah. could make some sort of move. Whether they, you know, if you offered even like a couple second round picks for Zach Collins, the Spurs might take that deal. Yeah, unfortunately, the Chicago Bulls are out of second round picks because they've traded all of them for the rest of the decade to uh, for Doug McDermott or something like that. I have no fucking idea. They traded it to. Um, I think there's like we've talked about this a lot. The period between now and the traded deadline is going to be really, really nuts. So we're going to try as best we can to get you 
any trade updates, maybe do some quick hits on the podcast uh, as, as quick reactions to any trades that happen between now and the trade deadline. I think there's going to be a lot going on. And I also think that's why like, it's not that fun to end your league or go into the playoffs so early because you're go- if you're going to the playoffs before the trade deadline, I think that's more detrimental than dudes sitting at the end of the season to a healthy playoffs. I don't know about you, oh, you know my thoughts on this. I I want to play it out the whole way. I like it. I like the fact that people have to pay attention in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, it does stink that like that may decide your matchup, like your your you know your finals or whatever. But like that's supposed to be the fun of it. Is you know like you could say that about oh if LeBron got hurt you know ten years ago if you drafted him number one overall you weren't winning. So like it doesn't really matter to me. Like I like to just play in the league the whole way because I like to enjoy the games and. You know, fantasy helps people enjoy the games. You're also in all in the same boat, right? It's not like, oh, my team got screwed over. It's like, well, it could have been the other team that got screwed over. Uh, I, I completely get cutting maybe the last week of the season or the last two weeks of the season, but that's it. Like, I, I don't think you should cut any more out of that because we're not, we're really close to a lot of people's playoffs, but we're only halfway through the season next week and we're not even up to the trade deadline. So, this is going to be a fun rest of the season. And I think the trade deadline is going to be really, really crazy. And we're going to be here for you. If you uh, like the show, rate, review us, or hit us up on Twitter. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about on the show, hit us up. And we will see you next time.